This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. The sermon for this 14th Sunday in Trinity is according to St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. The works of Jesus, as we're going to see today, are kind of funny because the returns on them are often not what we expect and often not from, from whom we expect them. As Jesus traveled to Jerusalem... He ran into, of all things, all people, lepers. Now, we know it's not something we really see anymore, thanks to antibiotics and things like that. But when you saw somebody with leprosy, their bodies are riddled, filled, contagiously diseased. The flesh is sick and it doesn't even stay on. It is awful. It is a living hell. They're so scared. Scary. They scare other people and they were also too scared to even come close to Jesus. You notice. So what did they do? They were at a safe distance. They were way back there and they're like, Hey, there's Jesus, but I don't want to freak him out. (laughs) So they're at a far distance going, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. And of course, the only people that didn't want to get close to you were lepers. They were being obvious. It's hard to tell whether it was a prayer of faith or a cry of desperation. But when you think about it, It's sort of hard to tell those two apart, isn't it? If you've ever had a bad day. I mean, a really bad day. On one hand, they knew Jesus through the wonderful stories that had been told about him. On the other, they worried that they might infect the one who supposedly could heal them. They are dead men walking and they knew it. From leprosy, there is no return. You are dead. Your body just hasn't caught up to what is already true. They weren't wrapping themselves in rags and keeping themselves away from the world for fun. They did it because the world, they were already in. To them, these lepers were dead. Talking, walking, suffering, hurting, dead things. They just hadn't had the good sense to lay down and be done with it. You see, the proclamation of Christ, their plea for mercy, was an expression of faith. So often the expression of faith is when the world and your old Adam says, you've got nothing left. There's nothing left in you. Go with it. This testified by their words when they say, have mercy on us. No conditions, no hidden clauses, simple mercy, mercy, mercy. He that seeks mercy will surely not buy and barter it but seeks only grace and mercy as one that is unworthy of it. 
and most assuredly merits something entirely different. And Jesus, seeing them and fully aware of their miserable plight, ordered them to show themselves to the priest. This is on Luther's commentary on this. I like how he says, when you're asking for mercy, when you're literally at the end of life, at the end of your rope figuratively, when you're face to face with the Almighty, you're not saying, I want mercy, but here's my list of demands. And Luther points that out. Nobody is going to give you conditions or hidden clauses. When you ask for mercy, you're saying, I have no money. I have nothing to barter with. I have nothing more valuable to trade. I'm asking you, by the grace of God, to give me something miraculous at no cost to me. Not if, but... Therefore, let it be known that, and in subsection 3, paragraph 5. But I'm asking you to give to me freely, openly, overflowingly, and ask nothing in return. In the simplicity of their prayer, without caveat, without fanfare, their prayer was answered. Yet they were not done because it was commanded in the law of Moses. People that believed they had leprosy, they were supposed to go to the temple priests in order that it would be verified because it was a contagion. They didn't have the CDC back then. They would say, go to God's house. Let them confirm this illness in you. Anything that happens. Jesus didn't heal them outright either, did he? That's my favorite part. Rather, the cleansing was happening as they were walking to the temple. It's like, hey, I have skin there now. Hey, that gross thing is gone. I don't know if they said gross thing, but you get it. Jesus, as they were walking, so filled with faith, and now faith and leprosy, the ten men went to the temple and note that their very going in these circumstances was an act of faith. Because remember, he didn't go, you're healed, now go to the temple. Sure, no problem, you healed me. That would be having a condition. But rather he said, now go to the temple, and they're all gross still, going to the temple. And so as they arrive at the temple to show them that they are sick, they're in fact not sick anymore. And you know the story. Ten lepers showed their faith in walking away from what Jesus from Jesus to what Jesus said. Ten lepers had been healed, but out of that entire number, how many? Do you guys remember how many returned? One. One, right? Uno. Getting all bilingual here. Now, And we remember, if I'm remembering clearly, that the one that returned was a really faithful Jewish person, right? She's like going, really? No, it wasn't. Who was it that came back? Samaritans. Samaritans. Great! A Samaritan thing again. We remember that only one, seeing what a miracle had been done, in his case, felt the need of turning back and giving thanks to the one who healed him. 
This man sought the Lord, praising God loudly with a fully restored voice. He was no longer asking for mercy with a leprosy voice. But someone who was healed, and with his new voice, he sang praises to God. And when he found Jesus, he fell down on his face before him at his feet in a complete surrender signifying his willingness to be the Lord's servant forever. The incident made a deep impression on Jesus. Because you got to remember, Samaritans, they are not at the top of the list. They are not the beloved Samaritan. We don't know that, that parable, do we? This is the parable of the beloved Samaritan. This is the parable of this wonderful Samaritan. This is a story about this Samaritan who was really friends with all the Jewish people. No, they were outcasts. In this bitter cry over the ingratitude of the former lepers, he said, hmm, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not found such as would turn back to give glory to God, but only this foreigner, this man of a different nation, and one that is ordinarily looked down upon by Jews? Each year, the pastors in Christ church preach, we teach, we baptize, we commune people, People is something far worse than leprosy. Each year, Christ brings people back from the sentence of sin, death, and the devil. And yet, so many people never return to where Christ is. In where he promises to meet you in word and sacrament. This is not a hard connection for any pastor to make. And they say that they don't need him. That is, until death comes knocking again. And we pray the knock is not answered by unbelief. For those who do hear his call and return to him, there is a great joy. There is a great joy that we as strangers to Christ have been given to be with him to rejoice for what he has done for you. That is the true worship of God, to come back to praise God with a loud voice. That is the greatest work in heaven and on earth and also the one which we may show God, the ones who return. For of the others... He has no need, neither does he receive them. We have all been given the Holy Spirit, the same one, in baptism. And that Holy Spirit that directs us to Christ, to follow Christ, to fall down before him and, and give thanks to God as his willing servants for life and life everlasting. And when I look at your faces, I rejoice. I rejoice in the Holy Spirit that the call you have heard since your baptism is still being heard here today. 
Were any of you baptized yesterday? No. It's a call that we return to God's house to say, he's going to meet us here. I believe that. He's going to meet us here and give us the gifts that he has promised to give us. He's going to meet us here and forgive us for not being the people we are actually called to be. We're sinners. Remember that phrase, simul justus et peccator, that we are at the same time justified and sinners? It's not just a one and done kind of thing like nine out of ten lepers agree. It's a one and done thing. (laughs) I rejoice that the Holy Spirit returns you to God's house. The ears to hear our shepherd's voice were given to you by the shepherd, by the Holy Spirit. The life you live day in and day out, it has a focus, even here. It has purpose. If we didn't believe that, why in the world would we even have a school? If we didn't believe that, why in the world would we want teachers to come and bring good things to the children? If we didn't believe that, Why would we even get out of bed on Sunday morning? The truth of the matter is, is the Holy Spirit reminds us, hey, you guys, there's good stuff there. We receive this and continually receive the riches of God's unmerited grace and mercy and love and kindness Sunday after Sunday, day after day. Sinners? Yes. Redeemed? Yes, the Lord will think kindly of us on account of his own mercy. He has given us as he showed in the instance today. See, he dismissed the Samaritan with the words, Arise, go, go your way. Your faith has healed and saved you. What a wonderful thing to hear. In baptism, we find it's the great equalizer because babies, kids, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, neighbors, you're all given the same faith, the same Holy Spirit, the same trust in God. In baptism, you also receive a call to be in God's house to worship him with your fellow redeemed sinners. as all our parents did. It's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Even a scary thing. When we say, God, I need you. God, you have promised to meet me in your house. And I am that sinner that you have told me that I am. I am a fallen and broken person who by the grace of God has shown me undeserved mercy, has shown me undeserved grace, and I've thrown it away. I ask you again today for this mercy, not as a leper with something in my body, but as a sinner who's broken, a sinner who's fallen, a sinner who needs you. And his answer is, 
Come here. And he does it. He washes you. He feeds you. He consoles you. He rejoices with you. He strengthens you. And yes, he forgives you. You each are the ones who returned. No better or worse people than the others simply returned at the call of the shepherd's voice. An answer of faith. An answer of hope. An answer to your prayers and cries. Have mercy on me! This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let us now confess our